For some reason, the Biden administration won't stop Kamala Harris from talking. Don't know why, but they keep letting her do it. Columbus Day was yesterday and it broke Twitter. And let's take a look at some genius ideas that have come in the name of saving the environment. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So it could be an interesting podcast today. So Josie got off work early, and typically I don't do the podcast while she's here. And she is here, and I said I got to do it. Uh, but Josie has a little habit of talking to herself. Well, she directs her talking to me, and she doesn't quite realize it. But we'll have to we'll have to see how many times she actually starts talking just randomly out of no. It could be something weird, like I'm out of tampons or something. But she does have a tendency of doing that. So we're going to see. She's saying she's going to fall asleep. I kind of doubt that. So we'll go from there. Okay, Kamala Harris. My God, this broad. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, Kamala Harris decided to go on one of the late night shows on NBC. I have no idea which late night show. And looking, I don't know. It's that. I have no idea which one it is. It doesn't matter. I don't care. But... I can't believe the Biden administration keeps allowing her to keep talking on these shows because she just sounds like an absolute idiot. Every time she does this, she makes herself look more incompetent every time she says something. And in this interview here, you can see the two big problems that she has, which is making her really unpopular. So this first one is, yeah. It's the typical, it's the typical Kamalaism. Um, here she's talking about the children, and she just goes off on some bizarre tangent, and she comes to this conclusion, which like doesn't make any sense. So let's let's listen to this. But I mean, truly, when you you know, when you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children. They are the children of our country, of our communities. I mean, our future is really bright if we if we prioritize them and therefore prioritize the climate crisis and the need to address it. My God, this lady. First off, they're not all our kids. I, I, this is something the Biden administration pushes. And by the way, this is pure communism. When you, One of the things communists do, communes do, is the children of the children of the economy and the country. No, they're not. They're my kids. But she comes to we our kids are very important and that's why we got to solve climate change well here's the big problem with this whole argument um do you really believe climate change is the top thing our children need to worry about how about the fentanyl crisis and the drug crisis what about the suicide crisis what about the transing of our kids you know cutting off body parts because a boy says he's a girl and vice versa, or giving them drugs to end their uh, chance at reproduction in the future? What about gangs? What about street violence? Any of those things more important than the climate crisis? I I, I heard this as like, okay, you just came where we've got to worry about the kids, and then you name the one thing that honestly, is not going to affect the kids. I mean, our education system, 
they just released a report last week that 30% of the kids in the country can't read at grade level. 30%. Instead, they're being taught CRT. They're being taught gen- radical gender theory. I mean, the, the transing of the kids is a, is a big problem because 40% of those kids that are transed end up killing themselves compared to 10% of kids. I think it's even less than that. But, I mean, that's a huge jump there. But this is what we have a problem with. So her first her first deal is she can't reason. Okay, she can't speak words. Because if you listen to this, she, you can tell she's looking for a teleprompter. Uh, 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 all that crap. She does this all the time. But her second problem, I think, is actually more serious. I think this is a problem with the entire Biden administration. I think that might be part of the reason they don't stop her from talking. Because they, they, they are in the same boat as she is. So let's listen to this little clip. This little clip and uh, see, and then talk about it. Here we go. What they talk about here is they talk about illegal immigration and the fact that 2.2 million people have crossed the border plus another about 600 million have crossed the border illegally and weren't caught. So you're talking about 3 million people who have crossed the border illegally and how Republican governors are sending the illegal aliens to New York, Chicago, Maryland, Delaware, uh, all sorts of places. So here, here she is responding to that, and just listen to her. And I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty. If you see a problem, and if we agree that, that we need to address it, then if you're a leader, participate in a solution, right? When we first came in office, the first bill that we proposed was for a pathway for citizenship was to fix a broken immigration system, which was broken under the previous administration. Kamala's second real fault here is the lack of self-awareness. Now, let's clarify a, a, a couple of things before we get into it. Um, she, th- this immigration problem, we've had since the 80s. This is nothing new. The last administration did not cause the immigration problem that we have today. Donald Trump did have an immigration problem, but his max immigration problem was 110, 120,000 illegals crossing a month. And he brought that down at the end of his term. He brought that down to 36,000, 32 to 36,000 a month. And that was through his policies, which by the way, the Biden administration overturned already. So this is just a lie. Now, here's here's the thing. And the other thing that bothers me is the participation in a solution. And her solution is making illegals legal. Make them citizens. Now, I would normally not have a problem with that concept. Uh, the problem I would have is you can't do that until the border is secure. Because I guarantee you, if you have a pathway... For, to citizenship for illegal aliens, instead of 2 million a year, you're going to have 4 to 6 million a year crossing. Now, again, 
that's probably what they want. They have this, everyone says replacement, the great replacement theory is a white supremacist conspiracy theory, but then again, their actions show that they're actually trying to replace white people with people of color, right? I, this is part of it. This is what a lot of people complain about. So I'm not exactly thinking it's a theory more than it's a practice at this point. And you, I can be called a racist. I don't care. But the fact of the matter is, you have to close the border before you actually fix the immigration system. And they're not fixing the border. They just say, hey, let's let everyone in. Let's get a pathway to citizenship. And then we'll worry about the... Yeah, no, that's not going to work. Okay, but here's the thing. This is the part where she is so out of touch. She is so... She lacks so much self-awareness. She's claiming that DeSantis and Abbott, Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis of uh, Texas and Florida, are in dereliction of duty? She's the border czar. She's the one who is supposed to stop 2.2 million people from walking in this year. This year. We're not even through the year. It's mid-October. We still don't have the accounts yet. And she's saying they're derelict of duty? The last I heard, the people who were in charge of the border were the, let me think, the federal government, which she is in charge of. And then she was deemed by the president to be the person that fixes this. And the only thing she has done is traveled to Central America and Mexico. That's the only thing she's done. She's never gone to the border. Nothing was ever solved. And her big advice was, let's send Central America money. Which, by the way, that's typical Democrat, just send more money. The lack of awareness from this broad is incredible. But for that, I can't necessarily blame her. I think that's a leftist ideology. I think that's part of their ideology. Ignore the problem and we'll do what we think is just throw money at a problem. Well, the money being thrown at a problem isn't really solving anything. Okay, so she, so uh, in essence, uh, she's an idiot. Okay, let's go to Columbus Day. So yesterday was Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day. I forgot to mention it because I did the podcast so early, I forgot about it. But as you can imagine, um, Twitter went insane because you had leftists and conservatives getting together and it's like atoms running into each other in a nuclear bomb. And that's exactly what happened. I, Twitter was so much fun yesterday, but I had to get off of it because I felt my, I, I got dizzy. All right. So the left basically has replaced Columbus Day, which is a real day because a, a man named Christopher Columbus traveled in 1492 and discovered the new world. They decided to replace it with Indigenous Peoples Day, which isn't a day because these were terrible people. And not all of them, but yeah, well, pretty much all of them. And I will defend myself. I'm going to defend what I just said. So here's the thing. A lot of conservatives say, yeah, nope, we're not celebrating Indigenous Day. Not going to do it. But it sure made Twitter fun. It did. Yeah, I got into like five fights, yes, Twitter fights yesterday. Now, the kicker with me in Twitter fights, I, I, I've got the, um, 
attention span of a teenager who is addicted to TikTok. I just get tired of it. I didn't, didn't watch. So here's the first thing that happened. Elizabeth Warren, who claimed to be an American Indian to get into Harvard and even published a book, uh, published a recipe in a book called Pow Wow Chow because she told the publisher and writers she was an American Indian. You, you know her, the senator from, I can't remember where she, Massachusetts. Then she took a DNA test to prove she was an American Indian and it found it found out that she was one 1,024th indigenous person, which, by the way, is less than like a half percent indigenous person. And she was thrilled that she had that one half percent indigenous blood in her. She was so thrilled she posted the results of her DNA test. Now, let me tell you how stupid this claim is. I am as white as the driven snow. And I am considered by, per, Ancestry.com, I am DNA testing, I'm considered 2% indigenous person. That's according to a DNA test. I would never cl claim on an application or anything to be an American Indian or a Hispanic or a South American. She did that to get into Harvard or to get a job at Harvard. It was one of the two. She said she was Native American. And then we find out she's got as much, much Native American blood as my dog has. So anyway, she tweeted, quote, On Indigenous Peoples Day, we celebrate the contributions, the extraordinary resilience, and the rich cultures of the tribal nations and Native communities. Today and every day, the federal government must recommit its, itself to honoring its promises to the Native peoples. Okay, I just want to make something clear about this whole thing. Um, the Native people here fought the Americans, and they lost their asses. So I don't want to sell. I, I just like I don't want to celebrate the Nazis. Just like I don't want to celebrate the Japanese Empire after World War II. Um, the Native Native peoples, yeah, they weren't that innocent. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Okay, the Native peoples were not that innocent. So I don't see a point of celebrating them. And by the way, Indigenous People Day, not a thing. This is simply to replace Columbus, who, by the way, wasn't the evil bastard they make him out to be. So she posted this. And I'm getting ahead of myself. She posted this. And of course, she got roasted on the internet. Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report on Blaze TV who, by the way, is not a, a conservative. He's actually very moderate. He actually posted the application into Harvard that was released to the public where she stated she was a Native American on Twitter. I don't need to say more. We talked about this in the past. I just think, personally, Elizabeth Warren, it would have been much better for her if she just sat Columbus Day out. But that wasn't even the best story. Oh, that was not the best story. Okay, and this is where Josie might start talking because I haven't told her this story. Self-described, get this, award-winning multimedia journalist, a guy named David Levitt, got into a spat with Virginia State Senator candidate, Republican, of course, Tina Ramirez. So how'd the fight start? Well, the single mother of two children, including a black child, 
Ramirez said, happy Columbus Day. So this is what, this is what Levitt posted. He said, why are you celebrating torture, rape, murder, and enslavement? By the way, if Levitt had added um, genocide, war, human sacrifice, and cannibalism, he would have been describing the American Indians, the Native Americans. I mean, he should have added that because guess what? The Europeans didn't do that. Now, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this up. I'm going to hit this up right now. Okay? Because, and this is probably going to take a lot of the podcast. Uh, but I have another story, so it might go a little longer. Um, the word cannibal comes from Columbus. Do you know where he came up with the word cannibal? Cannibal? It was used when he discovered the Taino Cannaba tribe in the Caribbean. They used to capture people and eat them. Which scared the crap out of the other tribes in the Caribbean. And scared the crap out of Spaniards. The tribe was known to have... And you can look at... You can go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I got the link. The tribe was known for making the women have babies for the sole purpose of eating them. This wasn't the only tribe, by the way, in the old world that did this. And by old world, I mean pre-European discovery of Americas. The other thing that really bothers me about the Indians, and I know if you've listened to this podcast for years, I've, I've said this probably last year, most Indians died of disease, not war. In other words, the, 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 when they sit there and they talk about genocide, you can't talk about genocide because there weren't a lot of uh, study of viruses back in, this, in the 1400s. In fact, most of the wars that the Indians part that the that were against the Indians by the Europeans came supported from smaller victimized Indian tribes. In other words, the smaller Indian tribes would join the Europeans. That includes the Aztecs, by the way. Columbus had nothing to do with the Indians. He was never against the Indians. He never ens- he did enslave the Indians once. He sent 15 Indians from the Caribbean he was on the boat from the Caribbean to Spain and showed Isabella, Queen Isabella of Spain, the 15 Indians and said they were enslaved. Queen Isabella threw Columbus in jail for a a term because she did not want the Indians to um, to be enslaved. She wanted the Indians to be integrated with the Spaniards. She encouraged the Spaniards to marry the Native American Indians. And by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Indians simply because Native American, way too many syllables. I just want to get to the point. The Spanish at that time, the Spanish were white. They still are. The Indians were brown. The result is modern day, is the modern day Mexican. Since the Indians bred with the Spanish. And most of the Indians were in Mexico. There were only about 1.5 to 8 million Indians in the United States. And most historians and anthropologists believe that the statistics are actually closer to 1.5 million. In other words, the Indian populations were going down. 
Indians had a lot of problems back then. They had genocide. They had war. They had starvation. They had sacrifices. They had diseases. Herpes, syphilis, gonorrhea, the plague, they were all here before the, the Europeans arrived. Starvation was a big one. They didn't know how, for the most part, North American Indians were nomads. They never settled because they didn't know how to domesticate animals and they didn't know how to grow crops. The Aztecs, who were brutal, speaking of genocide, sacrificed 84,000 people during a four-day span when, when through self-mutilation, they actually destroyed their land and people were starving. 84,000 people in four days during a festival. And how did they sacrifice them? Cutting up in their chests, removing their beating heart, cutting off their heads, and then throwing them down their their temp, their uh, pyramids. It's all fact. That, none of that's fiction. Don't tell me that the Indians were, were innocent, peaceful, and were flourishing. There is enough evidence now that says the Indians were actually going extinct because they couldn't get themselves out of their rut. They couldn't solve all these problems. But then people talk about, oh, the colonists, they, they killed all the... In By the way, genocide coming... I, I think I said this already, but genocide coming over to, the, to a new country and having a disease that you don't know about and giving it to an Indian that has absolutely no immunization against. Yeah, and that Indian dies, that's not genocide. That's just, you got a disease. By the way, the settlers got diseases from the Indians too because they had diseases that we didn't have. Okay, now let's. everyone brings up the war against the Indians in the 1700s and 1800s. Oh, see, they killed all the Indians. Okay, well, we can have that argument, except here's the thing. The Indians were actually trading and making treaties with the settlers and with the Europeans and eventually with the Americans until they, they, were th they thought they were being taken advantage of. Now, sometimes they were taken advantage of, there's no question. And there was racism back then, but it was racism on both sides. Pale face? You redskin? Yeah, you, you hear, oh, we can't, call, we can't call this football team a redskin. Well, should we call them the pale faces? Because that's what they considered us. Is that racism? But sometimes the deals, the Indians weren't taken advantage of, and then they decided to start a war. An example would be the purchase of New York. New York gave the Indians money, food, clothing, guns, horses, cannons. Well, I don't think they gave them cannons, but they gave them all that other stuff, beads, jewelry, to buy New York. And then guess what the Indians said? Well, we want it back. By the way, that's where the term, and this is a racist term, but I'm going to say it anyway, it's the term where the term Indian giver comes from. It's specifically with the fact that the Indians, the Americans bought New York from the Indians, and then the Indians wanted back. Yes, the settlers, the Europeans, the Americans killed 90% of the Indians. But what's not talked about is that this was a war and the Indians killed 30% of the settlers, Americans and Europeans. This was a huge war. The Indians got into a war with the Europeans and the settlers and they got their asses kicked. 
They got conquered. Sorry, that's just history. That's what happens when lesser civilizations go up against greater civilizations. And typically that's celebrated. Even some of the bad things that happen, like the Trail of Tears, are not really presented in reality. Now, the Trail of Tears, that's when the Indians were taken and shipped off to the north, okay, and to settle in lands. And the reason they were settled in northern lands is because these lands were not allowed, white people were not allowed to go in there. Those lands could be used by the Indians for absolutely everything, okay. Andrew Jackson was the one who did this, which is why he's being called a racist. Here are some problems. It wasn't intended for that. I know intention doesn't count. Perception is reality. Intention doesn't count. But it wasn't. Andrew Jackson saw that the Indians were suffering from racism, actual racism, where Indians were being killed, they, uh, their killers were not being tried, they were being ripped off. And so Andrew Jackson wanted to move them in a place where the white man couldn't touch them. The problem is Jackson didn't had, had a real bad plan here. He didn't give them enough. The people who were leading them to the north mistreated them and killed a lot of them. And they traveled during the winter. And a lot of them died. This was a bad, this was just really an example of really bad planning, major incompetence. But before you condemn uh, Andrew Jackson as a racist, he did adopt an Indian child. And that child was treated like a son. So let's not get crazy about... Andrew Jackson was incompetent during the Trail of Tears. His idea wasn't necessarily bad. His intentions were not necessarily bad. It's just how he did it was really, really, really bad. But to call him a racist... I think that is a bit of an extreme. Okay, I made that way longer than I should have. I should have just told you, go refer to episode 204 or whatever last year's Columbus Day was and just gotten along with it. Because I, I do have, I think I have one more story that's got to be covered. Oh yeah, it's got to be covered, but I can fly through that. So let's get back to this argument between Ramirez and Levitt. Um, Levitt, res when, when she responded... Uh, when she was, when he said that, why are you celebrating torture, rape, and murder, torture, rape, murder, and enslavement? She basically said, I teach my daughter real American history. I refuse to join the radical left's campaign to erase history. Then he did something freaking stupid. Can someone, this is what he said. Can someone please call child care services on Tina Ramirez, who's teaching her child to be a racist? Okay, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure it is not child abuse to teach your kid to be a racist. If that was what she was doing, she wasn't. She was teaching the kid real American history. As much as this guy hates Columbus, Columbus did not do any really bad things back then. A lot of the Spaniards did. But he was just an explorer and a sailor. His job was not settlement or anything like that. But now, and that's what... Ramirez is teaching her child. So he's telling, okay, call call um, child care uh, child protective services and get them on her. And then he goes a step further because he's not idiot enough if he does says that. 
The Virginia State Hotline for Child Abuse has 10-plus minutes hold and is experiencing high call volumes with 14 callers ahead of me. This is absolutely unacceptable because he's got to call Child Protective Services because Ramirez believes in... He called them and he realized he couldn't get through. How many people try to report child abuse and hang up? How many children will continue to be abused? Do you know what CPS would said if he actually made this complaint? That there were 14 people ahead probably calling for real child abuse? They would have told him to F off and move on. And they would have hung up on him. I mean, just real incredible. And then he posts the phone number so that people can continue to call CPS on Ramirez. Okay, it's just incredible. Then he continued, then she responded. She responded, I think it was before she read that part where he actually did call CPS. She responded, mighty bold and liberal of you to lecture a Hispanic mother with a black daughter on racism. What's next? Are you going to lecture me on women's rights? To which he responded, the lady who's teaching her kids how to be racist thinks I'm bold. Does she know I'm I'm on hold to report her child and fam to uh, her to child and family services? And having a black child doesn't make you any less racist. Okay, I don't know. Uh, consider see here's it, the one thing you can learn from that. There are two things you can learn from that. First off, yeah, it does because we were told that blacks can't be racist if they're burning down buildings. They can't be racist if they're beating up white people. Yeah, we were told that. Second, you sit back and say, you can be a racist. If Ramirez agreed with you, would she be a racist and would you be being an idiot and dialing CPS? Of course not. Because she agrees with you. You're a racist if you disagree with these people. That's what it comes down to. And that's where Ramirez, God bless her, she's sitting back and saying, screw you. So Ramirez had a two-part tweet to finish this up. She said, quote, tonight David Levitt called Child Protective Services to report, quote, child abuse, end quote, because I teach my daughter about Christopher Columbus and real American history. As a single mother, I am my daughter's only support. This is appalling for a number of reasons. Radical leftist David Levitt didn't just call CPS to level accusations against me. He waited an hour on hold, tying up lines of our CPS professionals trying to help Virginia's children. The radical left is willing to put our children at risk to cancel conservatives. So, she's absolutely right about this, by the way. What she doesn't bring up is that the left thinks that law enforcement will actually help him. And in fact... They are, a lot of the time, are helping leftists. Look at the FBI. Look at the, the, look at the Justice Department. So she's absolutely correct. They are helping. And he expects it. And it's going to be curious to see if something happens. I really am curious. Okay, there's no way. I'm already late. And I'll talk about the stupid laws that California and New Zealand are implementing tomorrow for the environment. This, this stuff's pretty trippy. 
Uh, and I, I still got five or six stories that I haven't even been able to cover. So hopefully, you know, nothing happens in the next couple of days. So visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. A new video is being uploaded onto Rumble. So go to rumble.com. Visit my uh, visit uh, Dumbasses Talking Politics and take a look at the five videos I've posted. This is Gene. You listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>